Hey everybody, welcome to the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us on at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and if you want to send us some mail, you can send us mail at Two on Three Pod at gmail.com. I'm Chris. You can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter, and there's Ty. Where can we find you, bud? At S E A T J K. Follow me for all your key witticisms during the week. <laughs> it's very, it's very pithy. All right, what are we, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about the evolution of athletes into brands, good or bad. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the ramifications of wearing a bathrobe to a restaurant, and how should you take your lottery winnings? Should you hit it big? And of course, we're going to wrap up with a little segment, pretty much talking about how our NFL bets have pretty much cratered this whole playoff season. It's I'm just odd. glad I'm not really betting. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Luckily, I'm poor and can't afford to bet badly. <laughs> anyway, so let's kick it off. Uh, we'll start about talking about evolution of athletes into brands. Everybody knows the big brand, the jump man. I think we could probably make him the godfather of this whole athlete as a brand thing. But how we're ta- if we're talking about the modern athletes and the modern brands, you know, well, first of all, which ones would you wear? This is, very, few, this is really very few, very few. I feel like, like when I see the, the like, especially, it really depends on the logo, let's be honest. Because, like, the Roger Federer logo, I know that's your deal. I'm not wearing that little RF thing. That's not cool. I don't like that. I was never a fan of the Tiger Woods thing either, the little TW with the square or the rectangle. Uh-huh. I've come around a little bit on that one. Right. Um, Jetman is a classic. I got no issues with that one. Shockingly, uh, I have a Tiger Woods, some Tiger Woods stuff. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know. I know you're shocked. I know. Well, you're you shocked. know what brought this to the fore for me was I saw a guy in a, a, a one of those KD hats. That weird, like yeah, the KD. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a, a KD hat in the wild. And I was like, that's ugly. <laughs> like you shouldn't have that. <laughs> it's you know the thing is every those 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 particular logos just kind of suck when they're your when it's just your initials. Yeah. And then just throw him on there. I mean, the thing about Jumpman, which makes it so awesome, is it's just him, and it's that iconic dunk contest leap. Yeah. And Nike turned it into a poster, and then they turned it into his logo, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just one of those great, great things that well, I don't think you can plan it. It just whoever I hope that person got a raise is what I'm saying. It works really well as a logo. And it surprised me, and it's, it, they did a good job because the indelible image for me mentally is the uh, the poster of Jordan taking off from the free throw line, which is actually his knees are like tucked behind him, and his body's leaning forward, and he sort of got the ball up in front of him, and that's how I kind of remember Jordan. Although now my memory has kind of been usurped by the brand, where it's like that split leg dunk, mm-hmm. um, you know, more familiar with the the logo. Uh, but so many of the, the newer ones are just trash. It's <laughs> just like the totally. lettering. Fully garbage. I mean, I don't think I would wear. So if we think about the modern brands, basketball pretty much dominates the modern brands, right? It's the it's the individual like, superstar sport. It's one of exactly. the only ones. KD's got. I like the KD shoes, but the logo sucks. Yeah. I don't know why. Does Chris Paul have his own shoes? I think I saw Chris Paul has his own shoes, but he's got like the CP3 logo thing. It's terrible. The Mamba thing's not too bad. Did, was there a logo? Yeah. A Mamba it looks, logo? Yeah, it's like a triangle with a... What? It kind of looks like a snake head. Well, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but because it doesn't say Kobe on it, it's like it, it's just a logo. 
I think that wearing, I think it's, you're, you're right, I think it's the act of wearing somebody's initials. Um, by the way, if there's some, if there's a little chit chatter on the uh, line tonight, um, Ty is operating from the remote, remote uh, recording station. Um, on the, the moon. Ho- Apparently, yeah, the, it's on the moon. The, well, it's hotel Wi-Fi. Let's just be clear here. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at it now. It's oh, it's sort of like a weird, like alien keyhole. <laughs> yeah. The Kobe Bryant logo. Right. Okay, so I'll tell you that I've seen this logo before. I'm very familiar with the Mamba branding. I didn't have any idea that those two things were the same thing. <laughs> you did not know it was the Mamba. So I'd say they but, did a bad job. But I think that. <laughs> I think that Nike's sort of gone back and forth between this whole I'm you're you're like the Russell Wilson logo's terrible. It's terrible. The R the and R with the three laugh. the R with the three. <laughs> I was just gonna start laughing because essentially our podcast logo is the numbers of our like the name <laughs> of our podcast. But 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 you're not gonna put it we're not gonna put it on your shoes. Like no one's what? buying. You don't want some two on three podcast shoes? I <laughs> <laughs> you can you can with their big baller brand shoes. You can just put them right next to each other. The, the How about, I'll, pod shoes. I'll order one of those. One of the I'll order you one of those Trump hats with that cord and the huge <laughs> like movie screen <laughs> front forehead thing. Well, yeah. Is there a name for that part of the hat? The, it's yeah, not, the, it's the, not the bill. It's not the brim. What is it called? The fascia. I don't know. The fascia. <laughs> yes. The giant MAGA hat. Except it's going to be two on three ga. Yeah. <laughs> make, make two. Uh, it'll be. M two on three ga. No, see, I yeah. just meant a, lo- a hat, lo- a logo hat for our show, but just one of those terrible hats, <laughs> just with well, a logo yeah. in the center. like a big, just a over, uh, like a poorly proportioned trucker hat. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's yeah. exactly what it is. People it's might a, think that's cool though. It's like an '80s sailing hat. <laughs> it's got that cord. <laughs> but I just don't. I mean, everyone's like the, the golf people are trying to do this whole thing too. If you see like the golf people, they have their their little their little logos on the back of their shirts or the back of their hats. And I'm just, I'm not buying any of those. I'm sorry, but there's nobody who's playing today that I would wear the uh, their logo on purpose. I do have a Roger Federer like track jacket that the RF is. <laughs> it's the not RF, good. It's not no, good. No, the, here's the thing: the RF is like on the on the wrist. And it's really you can't really see it very well. Oh, but okay. it's not so you bought something where like you didn't want to have the branding prominently featured. So clearly... I didn't buy it. It was given to me. It was a gift, <laughs> okay, so... a thoughtful <laughs> gift. But I wear it all the time because it's kind of cool. It's I, it's I like the color of it. Sure, but you can't sure. really see the RF. But I wouldn't wear any of these yo yo-yos logos today. Yep. But I think the LeBron James, I think the King James logo is pretty cool. And my sure. for some odd reason, my son has a, just a ton of King James stuff. I don't know where he well, got it. I, I didn't buy it. Is so, your son a thief? He's just been. <laughs> no, he's just been getting it from people. I don't know where he gets Are it. Are you like, sure he's not going to the mall in the summer in a trench coat and coming home with merchandise? Well, oh, we got some breaking up there. But anyway. Sorry. That's okay. I just want to say, so I, I'm just going to assume that LeBron broke the 30,000-point mark tonight. It happened, but, yes. But the best thing about it was he pre-congratulated himself. So earlier today, he posted to his own Instagram. And I need to read this to you because it's hilarious. So King James posts on his Instagram. He puts up a picture of himself in high school on his own Instagram. And here's what he writes. Wanna be 
well, here, want to be one of the first to congratulate you on this accomplishment achievement tonight that you'll reach. Only a handful has reached seeing it too. And while I know it's never been a goal of yours from the beginning, try, please try to take a moment for yourself on how you've done it. The house you're about to be a part of has only six seats in it as of now, but one more will be added, and you should be very proud and honored to be invited inside. There's so many people to thank who has helped who has helped this even become possible, so thank them all. And when you finally get your moment alone to yourself, smile, look up to the higher skies and say thank you. So with that said, congrats again, young king. King logo, one love, hashtag strive for greatness, hashtag king from Akron, crown emoji. <laughs> okay, cool. So I hate LeBron now. That's terrible. I saw this earlier today, and I just laid on the floor laughing. I was like, "What? Is, what is this?" He's he's congratulating the young king. He's looking back and and congratulating his young self for all that he's accomplished over the past eighteen years since this picture was taken when he was probably fifteen years old. Now, granted, I mean, I, I he's got a great career, but <laughs> this is so awesome. <laughs> I'm going to assume he's a time traveler, which explains why he looked like he was 35 when he was 18. Right, right. And also, I love the fact that he congrats again, Young King. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to read this later. It's going to be tight. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, I, I refer to myself, I refer to my 15-year-old self as Young King. Oh, Lord. So good. Anyway. Well, that's an interesting take because LeBron has pr- kind of navigated these waters as a modern athlete like better than anyone we've seen. He's he's actually managed to maintain some of his likability despite his you know, not, he hasn't had a lot of missteps but but being very bland, being very sort of boring and, and marketing on that. Uh, but then then you see exactly what I was getting at with the the idea behind this topic, which is that he put you push it to a point where you're no longer relatable, you're now you're unlikable because no one can possibly understand what it's like to try to turn yourself as a person into an industry. I'm a businessman. Right. right. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. But the, but yeah, you just fall like that. That particular post seems so completely out of touch with reality. Like, you know, that's a let them eat cake kind of, kind of comment. It's like, I'm, I have to congratulate myself. I don't... It blows me away. I can't even wrap my brain around it. It's so awesome. <laughs> I want to well, write gonna, one of those things. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to write one of those. So I'm going to post my high school picture of me and my mullet. And I'm going to say, looking back 30 years, <laughs> you're talking to your friend on the internet. You know, you know for other people to hear. <laughs> Well, that dovetails nicely into our second topic because it, since it is all about self, this is about hey, this is us. This is the self episode. This is the what about me episode. The the what's going down episode of that's your mama. <laughs> <laughs> all all right, right, what's next? So t- jump in, Ty. This is the ramification ramifications of wearing a bathrobe to a restaurant. Something caught your eye. Yeah, so I saw a story today that. Uh, uh, Chelsea Handler confronted some man in a hotel restaurant who was wearing the hotel robe, like just while he was eating. And, and suffice it to say, I didn't read the story because Lord knows I don't want the details. But the bottom line is that 
she decided that his behavior had crossed the line into unacceptable etiquette. Uh, and, because and because it, Chelsea Handler should be the one to tell me when my behavior has crossed the line. First well, of all, okay, moving on, <laughs> moving forward. I, I like the people that conduct themselves in the way where it's like, whatever I think is the right way. That's that's the only way. Well, that's what this whole podcast is about. So I guess I can't complain. Right. Well, but I was actually there's a positive. So there's a, there's a there's a balance here, and that's what I wanted to pick your brain on. Is I know that for me, you know, entering middle age or already there, depending on how you define it. I wish earlier in my life that I had uh, sort of come to the terms of self-actualization and successfully been able to divorce myself and the, th the choices I made from the perceived ramifications or perceptions of others, that I was concerned that, you know, whatever I did would be perceived a certain way. And obviously we all conduct ourselves through that lens. But the further away you can get from that letting that govern your life, sort of the happier I think you can be on just a purely on a day-to-day -day basis. So I want... I think there's value in this idea that, you know, I'm at this hotel, I'm staying here, uh, whatever, re whatever your reasons are for not getting room, room service, but I'm just going to go downstairs in the provided attire and attend the restaurant. And if the restaurant doesn't have a problem with it, then why should anybody else? The counter argument, and the one that Chelsea Handler was making, is that there's a baseline of decorum that we all must meet. And I think we can all agree with that concept. So. Where is that line for you? And is wearing a bathrobe in a restaurant too far? So is wearing a bathrobe to a restaurant worse than wearing cargo shorts to a restaurant? <laughs> I think it depends because, on how frequently because, you wear the cargo shorts. Let me tell you what. I think the guy in the bathroom has the, the point over the people wearing cargo shorts in 2018. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing, right? Why should she care? The guy staying in the hotel, I, sure. I don't see the problem with it. Maybe he went to the pool. And maybe he was sashaying back from the pool and decided to jump into the restaurant and grab a bite. No big deal, right? What is, I mean, it's not like that she's wearing a tuxedo. Favorite. It's not True. like, it's not like he, he rolled into the Oscars wearing a, you know, where everybody, had, like, where there's, I don't know, is it a fancy restaurant? If it's the hotel restaurant and not the fine dining restaurant in the, in the hotel no harm, no foul, from my perspective. But that's you know, fair. It's the same deal. It's the same deal. It's like, you, but I think you're, to your point, it's you know when did you you know when do you stop trying to be cool and are just like cool with yourself? Because I think we always perceive the people who are cool as as people who don't try. I mean, there's obviously there's obviously there's a lot of thought that goes into being tastemakers in this yeah. world like there's a lot of calculation and a lot of there are a lot of gambles and risks that pay off and don't pay off but i think we perceive the people who are quote unquote cool as not trying to be cool and the people who are trying to be cool as people who are not cool so that's kind of how that's kind of how i think this whole thing sets up this guy just maybe just wants to get a bite to eat but, you know, Chelsea Handler, being who she is, decides to turn a camera on and confront this guy. Yes. So that's well, a couple of things you described. One, my least favorite part of any Vegas trip is any decision to go to the pool where I have to walk like a half a mile from the elevators <laughs> to the pool area in my pool attire or back. Right. What if I'm hungry on the way back from the pool? So obviously there's nuance here. But for me, the reason it caught my eye is because I feel like this lack of respect for others is sort of the ultimate 
like what's leading to the downfall of American society. Okay, now there's a there's there's a I think the nuance here is that is this a is this disrespectful to people or is Chelsea Handler just got a stick up her butt about it? Well, I think because, two things can be true. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> yes and yes. But I don't think he's trying to be disrespectful. Disrespectful is you know peeing at the at the baggage claim like <laughs> while you're drunk. That's disrespectful. <laughs> that's, I think that's beyond. That's a step. That's a step beyond. Right. I mean, that's if you've ever seen that video, it's it's tr- terrific. But or it's you know or it's yelling you know racist things at a you know at the <laughs> women's march. I don't know. I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you? I mean, it's just like that's well, disrespectful. Okay, I mean, well, I de- I, I deplaned this evening. Okay. And the people in the row behind me made it difficult for me to get out of my row and get my bag out because they were like, you know, doing the creep. Right. And this is all related is what I'm getting at. It's this idea that like, you know what the rules are, but you're going to continue to push them until someone pushes back. But then pushing back is also not really accepted in, you know, sort of civil society. That right. Once you, if, if I, if you are a dick, and then I turn around and be like, stop being a dick. People are going to get on me for saying stop being a dick. Right. And that's what we're talking about, right? So you're talking about is Chelsea Handler out of line. Eh, okay, in this specific instance, it's sort of beside the point. But isn't the problem that we don't have enough self-governance, or, or i.e. shame at this point, to like, have this feeling of maybe I shouldn't make this choice. Now, if the man, you know, there's a lot of context that we don't have here. So passing judgment on this very one specific incident probably isn't the right way to go about this. I was definitely looking to have a, a, a bigger picture discussion, and this just was the catalyst. Yeah, but I think that you're right. I mean, it's like, where does, where does the line between thoughtfulness and, like, I have actual needs? That, that's where it is for me. It's like, okay. let's, say, let's say if the people behind you have actual needs. So if someone's pushing the creep on me and I turn around and say, hey, do you got to catch another flight here? Are you trying to catch a connection? And they go, yeah. I'm like, well, then you better hustle your ass to the front. If they say no, I said, well, then sit your ass down. <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing is, do you have needs or are you just trying to, to create a perceived edge on me for no reason at all? I mean, just that's the that's what I'm getting. It's like thoughtfulness versus needs. Like, could you just be can't you just be thoughtful and spend an extra 90 seconds chilling out while I get my bag down? But if you have real needs, I'm ready to help you. That's the kind of person I am. It's like I need to get to this front door now or else we're going to miss our connection to Cancun. It's like, all right, well, you better here. Let me step back. It's the same thing with it's like an ambulance with the lights on. It's like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to pull over for that person because they have needs. But the guy who's trying to like bust his ass to the end of the exit and cut me off for no real reason other than they don't want to be behind me for some, you know, for unforeseen dickish notion of <laughs> I, I got one over on that person. I'm not exactly the last person today other than that. It's a traffic jam. <laughs> like, it's like, stop, quit it. Just be, just be slightly thoughtful about what you're doing as opposed to trying to create edges over people who you really need not have an edge or be in competition with people that you're not competing with or they don't really give a shit about you. It's uh, those, those are the things that, uh, those are things that really 
irk me. Anyway. Right. Did I lose you completely? All right. Uh, no, you hopped off for a second, but it's, I think, you know, I finished my thought. All right, good. Because I wasn't talking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've, you've, you've sparked the thought in, that comes to mind most often for, for me. And, you know, obviously driving, we could talk about this forever and nobody wants to hear about it. But that thing where when you, you're, you have your cruise control set and you're slowly creeping up on somebody and you eventually catch them in the left lane or they're maybe you're in the middle lane. So you move over to the left lane and then you're trying to pass them. But then because they don't want to be passed, they accelerate. And and then you have to like go even faster, and then eventually, if you get fa- if you go fast enough, they'll stop and they'll fall back. Mm-hmm. What Why? is what is yes? What is this? Now I get that the golden rule is subjective. Like it's treat others how you want to be treated. And if you're like, well, shit, I don't give a crap if anybody else wears a bathrobe to a restaurant, then I could see where you'd make the decision to go ahead and do so. Mm-hmm. And I agree that in this particular situation, probably not worth calling this guy out. Right. Uh, bare feet. Fuck that guy. He can get out of the restaurant. No, that's that's dirty. <laughs> That's dirty. If he's wearing some slippers or something, it's fine. But let's say let's say I put on some let's say I put on some nice clothes, and I take my wife to you know a thousand dollar dinner at Alinea in in Chicago, and some dude walks in with a bathrobe. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Not appropriate. But you know, walk into a bathrobe in McDonald's. No one cares. What do what you want? You know, as long as you're not nude under there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's the question, right? I really didn't look into the story well enough. Like, if the man was nude, this is all out the window. Because if you're nude under the bathrobe, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. And that's just like a day-to-day life thing. You can't be anywhere nude in a bathrobe other than your own room or residence. (laughs) That is. That's the deal breaker right there. Kapow. All right. <laughs> All right. That's funny. Anyway, topic number three, how to take your lottery winnings. Now, this is pretty funny. I, uh, I just sort of floated this out there, and it actually generated some, some heat. But here's the thing. Um, a week or so ago, a uh, 20-year-old guy wins the Mega Millions. The prize is $451 million. He takes the lump sum reducing that to 169 million um that's after taxes my, right 169 yeah the, the approximate taxes were like 104 million dollars yeah. net payout 177 million obviously nothing to sneeze at um and the percent of the original prize that he keeps is about 40 percent, 39.4 percent of his winnings so you take the lump sum you get taxed and you keep 39 percent of your winnings Okay, so there's two ways to look at this. Go there's ahead. There's two ways to look at this. So the first way to look at it is, if you don't take the lump sum, you get to take home more of that. Over yes, the which, long which run. is worth less money over time. Which is worth less money, depending. So here, <laughs> but mathematically speaking, right? Mathematically speaking, should you take the lump sum and not spend any of it? <laughs> yes. Or take the or take the or take the the annuity and not spend a penny of it agreed you come out better off taking the lump sum yeah if you're committed to managing the money and you have the resources to do it you can grow that money faster by taking the lump sum up front than the annuity is going to be worth over the life of the annuity but so from a purely also, math perspective you have more opportunity by taking the lump sum yes i argued that you should take the annuity and especially if you're a 20 year old guy it's different than being almost a 50-year-old guy like I am. But if I'm a 20-year-old man 
who won $450 million in the lottery, I take the annuity simply because you know that if you put $177 million in a 20-year-old kid's hand, in 10 years he's going to be broke I, or dead or something because everyone's going to come out of the woodwork to try to get a piece of this. Your life is going to be essentially over. You're never going to have real friends. Hopefully you've got real friends now because you're not making any real friends between now and then. But if you take the annuity, he's got 30 years to grab this money. And the nice thing about it is it comes at him in small chunks. It is an absolute safety measure to be able to say, hey, guys, I got $4 million this year or whatever he gets that year. It's like I, got, I get $4.5 million this year. Great. I'm not going to buy two Lamborghinis. I'm not going to buy a $25 million house. I'm not going to buy a yacht because... You put $177 million in a 20-year-old's hand, he's going to do all those things. And probably. Probably. And then next thing you know, 10 years from now, dead broke. Dead or broke or broke. Dead broke. <laughs> well, I would actually take it a step further and say it's not even about protecting yourself and your innocence, but that there, it's better to make money using someone else's money. And there's very few things as freeing as being able to openly borrow against guaranteed future income of a large amount. So it's easy to go into the bank and say, well, I have this annuity that's going to cover more than I'm, what I'm asking you for, for, for you know, significantly more than the payments are going to be on whatever it is that I'm, I'm borrowing or from investors or whomever that you could essentially offer as collateral, long-term collateral. So you have the freedom to do the sort of projects that you might self-fund if you took the lump sum, um, and then still have money to invest also. So I think you have the opportunity to set yourself up in the same way that you're talking about being secure, but also be able to you know, step away and, and with, with minimizing your risk, essentially. Like if you take all the money, you have a much higher ceiling for make, turning that money into more money but your risk is much higher too. You need people. Yeah, you, you, you have need a team. You, you have a you have you have no protection of losing all that money. Right. Well, the floor the floor is the floor. <laughs> is what I'm saying. So you would take the annuity. So okay. So at what point do you not take the annuity? How old if, do you have to be? I would say that if I'm 20 years old, I would I if I had to give this advice to a 20 year old, I would say you bet you better take the annuity. Well, fine, but what I'm saying is what I agree, though, but there's a point where you're old enough that the annuity is, you know, not the right choice. Right. What age is that for you? 40. That's, a, that's an easy answer. <laughs> I, I mean, I, really, I mean, because it's 30 years. The, the annuity is going to be is going to dole out to you over 30 years. OK, so if you figure if I'm 25, it doles out to me until I'm 55. Still plenty to do when you're 55. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. I mean, if you if you manage it the way you're supposed to manage it over the course of 30 years, you're going to have plenty of money, right? Yeah, I think the choice you, really boils down to who's in your life. Right. If if I'm if I'm 40 years old, all things just being equal, let's say, you know, it's like you might as well take the lump sum, because if you dole it out between the time you're 40 and 70, I mean, you're not going to work anymore. You're done working at this point anyway. So yeah. you know what? What are you going to do with all that money anyway? You're going to well, are you gonna, if you think you're going to turn, if if you think as a twenty year old you're going to turn one hundred and seventy seven million into a billion dollars, 
just because you you get it, you're sadly mistaken. Well, I could put like two thirds of it in a Vanguard fund and still make more money than the Odie's going to pay. But no, but you think he's going to do that? You think a twenty year old's going to put? It's going to sock away. Is not going to like go buck wild. This is I. It's a social thing more so than a math thing for me okay. because the math works out. The math work. The math works out for you if you don't spend much of it the math works out about the same either way you're gonna make i mean you're it's the difference between you know it's the difference between a billion dollars well it's the difference between a billion dollars and if you're at a five if you're at a five percent rate of return um there's almost no difference in the annuity and the lump sum so we need to know more about the individual to make an honest assessment because my dream job would be to manage my money. That sounds like a great yeah. job where my job is to take the riches I already have and work on turning them into more riches and then I don't have to do anything else. Now, 20 years old, probably not the best. Is it simply, I think to me, it boils down to how committed you are personally to, you know, and what kind of skills you have into turning that money into more money. Because if you are committed to it and you have the skills and the willingness to get the education required to make it to successfully turn that money into an additional investment then or additional return, then taking the, the, the lump sum is the smart play. No, I agree. I think if you want to ma- if you're trying to min max this whole thing, you got to take the lump sum. If you say, I want to make all the money I could possibly make. Take the lump sum. Because that's the only way to do it. But what I'm telling you is if you want to protect yourself from the downside, knowing that if I blow $4.5 million this year, guess what next year I get? I get $4.5 million yeah. the next year. So, I mean, or more on a 400 and whatever, because you're not paying as much tax. You don't pay the lump sum. You don't pay the lump sum. Let's say, let's say on the upside of $451 million, you're looking at closer to 300 million dollars after taxes so so you're thinking 10 million dollars a year if i blow 10 million dollars this year i get 10 million more dollars next year and which is which is how you should look at it because you know why not if you're gonna live it up you should be able to live it up on 10 million dollars a year i i don't think there's i don't think there's much more the people who lose all their money are the people who like invest in terrible businesses they get they they start doling out money to their family i mean it's the people who it's really the people who win 20 million dollars or 30 million dollars in the lottery who think it's gonna they're gonna be able to live rich the rest of their lives and they make two or three bad decisions and next thing you know they're flat on their ass i mean they've got nothing to show for it well i so, mentioned that it, it matters who's in your life when we're talking about athlete branding I was going to mention, you know, Kawhi wants out of San Antonio, and then the the first take guys were hot on the fact that his uncle is now his agent, and that that is generally a bad idea. I and mean, you know, you got he's got this guy whispering in his ear, telling him, you know, you should have a logo, Kawhi Leonard logo. You should have <laughs> you should have the the brand, the Kawhi Leonard brand. So if you're if you're Kawhi Leonard, take the annuity. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously, it really it it just. You have to protect yourself from being dumb because with that kind of money, you're going to be dumb. You're going to do something monumentally stupid with it. Unless you're me, because all I want to do is like watch, go to movies and play golf and 
you know, play video games, which is relatively cheap, right? Right. I'm like the Joker burning that big pile of money. It's like bullets and dynamite are cheap, you know? <laughs> it's like, I've got nothing to do. I don't want a, I don't want a luxury yacht. I don't want to, like, s- spend my summer in Barbados. It's like, forget it, man. I just want to hang out around the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, sure would be nice to win the lottery. You know what? It's like what's that? It's that office. It's that office space thing. It's like hell. You don't need a million dollars to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do nothing right now. Hey Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I think I think we all know what Lawrence would do. He would. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's right. a we, two on one situation. This is rather than <laughs> two on three. All right, we're into the epilogue. What's going on with the epilogue? Let let's the the fact that our NFL picks have pretty much been just a disaster. <laughs> However, man, I was so hoping Jacksonville would win, and I thought they had a good chance, and they just decided to they they took their they took their they took their foot off the gas a little bit, tried to protect the lead a little bit, and you know. They didn't. They didn't make enough for. They they didn't score any points in the fourth quarter. You got to score something. You got to kick a field goal. I mean, even if you came down the field three times and kicked three field goals, you win. Or one field goal, and you know it's close. But to not score in the fourth quarter and give Tom Brady a whole quarter to beat you, he's gonna beat you. Well, they turtled the offense, and I didn't understand that because it's funny that you say that because you think back to the Super Bowl last year and Atlanta lost because they didn't turtle the offense. No, they just well they were uh, dumb. Uh, turnovers and throwing the ball when you didn't need to. There's, if, you're quarter, there's, if you're Jacksonville, the quarterback sucks. You don't want to like, put the game in his hands. Yes, there's sort of a time and place for it, right? There's this whole there's they lose their balance, right? When you when you stop throwing the ball, and you lose your balance, and you become one dimensional. You always yeah. it plays into the defense's hands, and it was the same thing with it was the same thing with Atlanta in the Super Bowl. It's like you should run a little. Yeah. You should, and in Jacksonville's case, you should throw a little. You well, can't I, just. You just can't just not. If I had the time, I would have pulled together the field position stats because I would have been curious to look at this because I feel like the right offense when you have a two-score lead in the second half is to run like wheel routes and uncalled picks and and other various sort of run pass option plays but then like anytime it's third and long like try to score a touchdown like just throw a 40 <laughs> yard pass because you used to punt anyway so like right. just throw it as far down the field as you can and maybe you get lucky a couple of times or you know right. you get a defensive pass interference which gives you a new set of downs yeah i mean that's i mean there's something to be there's something to be said for that but like i said you can't not do one of those things right you can't yeah. You can't decide we're going to run every play and then punt or we're going to throw every play and not take any time off the clock. You have to have some amount of balance if you're going to win in the late game, uh, especially when you're playing from front. Well, the Jags did cover for you, which makes you three and eight for the playoffs, I believe. Woo! (laughs) And uh, obviously I had the Patriots, so another loss for me. go to one in ten because we both lost on the second game so here's a funny thing if nick Foles wins the super bowl he's going back to the bench uh, yes right <laughs> he's clearly an inferior player i don't know what you would do trade the him guy, the guy trade him to the viking trade him to the vikings <laughs> that's what you should do 
What if you... And they should have four backup quarterbacks. We might have to talk about this as the Super Bowl gets closer, but I'm going to throw this out there. If Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, what if you traded Carson Wentz to Cleveland for one of their decent players and their first-round pick? No. What if you <laughs> what if you traded Carson Wentz? What could you get for Carson Wentz? If you're Philadelphia, what do you need, though? I mean, your, your skill positions you've are already, pretty you've good. Got, you've got a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Nick Foles. If you win the Super Bowl... <laughs> get out of here! If you win the Super Bowl, if you win the Super Bowl, and you're... And you, and here's the thing. You don't have to... You won't have to pay... You won't... I mean... You're, at some point, you're going to have to pay Carson Wentz a shitload of money. And if you already won your Super Bowl without him, why wouldn't you trade him for value for long-term value and not have to pay his giant contract when it comes around? Because there's only two things you need in the NFL to win, and that's a, a, a half-decent quarterback and an elite defense. And you can sort of trade off on one, right. end, or the, one end or the other of that equation, but you have to have competence on both of those factors. And, and Nick Foles Nick, is not consistently competent. Well, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's at least competent enough to take I, that team to the Super Bowl and he, win I'll take them to the Super Bowl. They, cover, they, they managed to keep it together long enough for listen, him to come around. Listen, if he wins the Super Bowl, I think you... You have to seriously consider getting value on the trade block for for Carson Wentz. You've already I don't got see the, how you can do that. I really don't see how you can do it. Who wouldn't give you? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? There are twenty teams in the NFL who would give you anything you wanted for Carson Wentz. Yeah, like but you're the missing Cardinals. the point. What can you get? You're the missing Car- the what, what would no. the Cardinals give you for Carson Wentz? Oh, I don't know. There, who knows? They don't have anything. David Johnson. <laughs> What I'm saying, yeah, you could get, you could get whatever you wanted. Like, do you want more de- defense? You want to bet? You want the best offensive lineman in the league? I don't know. Whatever you want, you could get for Carson Wentz. And Perhaps. you already have a and you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Nick Foles. No, see that's the problem here. Is you, you, <laughs> you can't just keep saying nope. that superlative part where he won Let the Super Bowl. What, if he wins it, I'm gonna say it until he's. De- I mean, I'm gonna. am gonna keep saying it until until he dies because that's what his title will be. Didn't Super Brad Bowl Johnson win a Super Bowl? He sure did. So would you have traded away whoever your other quarterback was if he was like a superstar in the way in listen, the making? Listen, do you think do you think John Gruden makes ten million dollars a year as a coach if Brad Johnson doesn't win the Super Bowl? Of course not. Of course, that's Brad Johnson has value, but he, he wasn't. He was good enough. It's not like there. It's not like two years from now they'd have to pay Brad Johnson twenty five million dollars a year. So the bottom because, line is no, because the Carson Wentz. Is. Carson Wentz is going to make Stafford money. He's going to make more money than Stafford in when his contract comes up. Right, and that's going to be like twenty five million dollars a year. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. And he's making Nick Foles money. And that's what I'm telling you. You need a Nick Foles is good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Why do you have to pay Carson Wentz $27 million? I agree. A cheap quarterback is the best single advantage you can have in football. A cheap, competent quarterback. Listen, $325,000 a year Russell Wilson is better than $14 million a year Russell Wilson. Well, so that's the example I was going to throw out, which is that I don't think you can keep an elite defense elite I think, though, you can sign an elite quarterback and he'll stay elite, theoretically. Maybe. <laughs> theoretically, you just sort of... <laughs> well, I started thinking about what I witnessed this year. Nobody's, 
there's no such thing as there's no such thing as a sure thing unless the closest thing we have to that is Tom Brady and 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 there's only one of those guys and there's only ever been one of those guys. So there. Maniac. Foles, okay. Nick right. Foles Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. I trade Carson Wentz for big value on the open market. That's what I do. Because Doug Peterson right. already <laughs> proved he could do it. He could he could take Nick Foles and win a Super Bowl. What else do you I, need? I didn't know it was the Who hot take the portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I'm glad I didn't save that. You're gonna hear about this more. Okay. Well, I look because forward to you hammering this point home. I hope Nick Foles because, wins so that we can have this debate further. Because I'm right. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I w- well, on that okay. note, All right. you have anything right, else to say about last week? Yes, yeah, I have. No, I have to. I have one more thing to throw out here. All right. Which which goofy sports talking head will back up my point first? Cowherd. Cowherd. I bet Cowherd backs me up on this. Oh, I have to. I have to try to pay attention. Do you All right. Be, you want to have things in common with Colin Cowherd? <laughs> I like Colin Cowherd, but that's okay. a whole different thing. Anyway, anyway. Hold on. Are you to, saying to, to, are you, does he to, say cowherd like that? Yeah. What, uh-huh. Does he pronounce the H? His thing's called the herd. His show is called the herd. All right. It's Colin Cowherd. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. All right. Our, to our listeners, presumably there's more than one. If you catch a talking head talking about. Car- trading Carson Wentz if Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl chime in and let me know because I I came up with it first <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I google it before next week's show to see if anybody's had that take <laughs> it's just crazy enough to work Ty. Why, don't, why don't you DVR first take for the rest <laughs> of the week watch them all <laughs> Skip Bayless will be the first one to back me up, and that'll no, happen. He's on like, the he's on the the Fox ah, channel now. Yeah, what, what I'm the saying. First like, take is Stephen A. yelling a, about one of those dudes. One of those dudes. Skip is somebody. Skip Shannon. Somebody's gonna like back me up on this, and whoever does it's gonna be embarrassing for me. But regardless, I'm telling you, if I was playing Madden, it's exactly what I'd do. Okay, <laughs> that's easier. <laughs> Madden, Madden players are, are rated by their high watermarks sometimes. You might get more out of the Madden Nick Foles than real life Nick Foles. Yep. So you're going to argue that, wait, so you're, is your argument <laughs> that Nick Foles is a good quarterback and would have been good in L.A. if not for Jeff Fisher? Yes. If, if Nick Foles plays for Sean McVay, he has, he has certainly a better year. You think you think Jared Goff's that much better than Nick Foles? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I either. mean, it it has to do with coaching. Doug Peterson's the right guy to put a to put a capable quarterback in with. You can and he's got an elite defense. That's Super Bowl win. Like I said, it, it the argument the argument is based on the fact that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I tell you what, you got to look for value for uh, for Carson Wentz. I'm sorry, you just do. Well, we'll preview the Super Bowl a little deeply, a little more deeply next week, uh, and then we'll be able to revisit whether or not this is even a, a possible reality two weeks from now. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay. Will, I'm glad I could throw that hot take in here at the end. I like it. All right. Thank you, sir. Enjoy, uh, enjoy uh, your trip to the hinterlands. Thank you, and thanks everybody for listening. I hope our technical issues this week weren't uh, too much to overcome. Uh, certainly I'll find out in a little while when I have a chance to mix the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big up to our big up to our listeners in France. Yeah, keep it French, Francs. <laughs> Peace. Later. Chain the man's the cage is intact. 
The name is mine, I'll take blame for that. The pressure's on, but guess who ain't gonna crack? Pardon me, I had to laugh at that. How could you falter when you're the rock at your falter? I had to get off the boat so I could walk on water. This ain't no tall order, this is nothing to me. Difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. I do this in my sleep. I sold kilos of coke. Shit, I'm guessing I can sell CDs. I'm not a businessman. Let me handle my business.